Good morning, everybody. The lady just asked me how I'm feeling. And I said, dangerous. And I said, and then I woke up. I want to speak on faith this morning. Your faith, my faith. You're not relying on everyone else's faith to get to where God wants you to be. <coughs> when I was preparing this and going through, I remember when I was a new Christian, uh, I had a desire that I wanted to serve God. I, somehow, and I, I left it up to him. I didn't know what to do. But also, I like to have my fishing. I used to go out fishing. I never owned a boat, but I liked to go fishing. And one day, these four pastors were going fishing. And they said, we've got a spare seat. Do you want to come? Well, they only asked me once. So we said, we're leaving in the morning. So I was ready at half past 12. And I had biscuits to eat to say I wouldn't get you know, hungry out there. And I'd finished them all before we even got to the boat. But I thought, well, what do we do? What do we do? He said, you just come with us. Oh, that's good, I said. And he said, we, we go out from Mossman. We go out an hour and a half out from Mossman. We find a reef. <coughs> we hook up. Fish till we're full and we come home. Well, that's easy. Little did I know. But out I go, thinking, well, I'm with these pastors and what could go wrong? So how do we go and launch the boat and go out? And we haven't even got the lines ready or anything. And we looked up and there's a big storm coming from Mossman out to the sea, not from sea coming in. And I was sort of looking over my shoulder thinking, ooh, mm, that doesn't look good. Anyhow, they were just getting their gear ready. And then we could feel a wind blow up and the wind started to blow a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And then the rain started dripping slowly and slowly and then stronger and stronger. And they said, you better get your clothes off. I said, what? And he said, well, it's going to rain. If you've got no spare clothes, you're going to get wet. So picture the scene. Four pastors and a, a servant standing in their jocks, waiting for the onslaught of a storm. <coughs> storm got stronger and blowier and the water started filling up a little bit in the boat. I was sick with fear. I didn't know what to do. And I'm looking for directions from these men of God. And as it got heavier and stronger, we hadn't anchored. Because I remember him saying we go out an hour and a half anchor and we stay there all night. We're going round and round looking for something to anchor on. The wind's getting strong. The sea's... Oh. I was getting weaker, weaker in my faith. Heck, I couldn't believe anymore. And first time I've heard the scripture, the pastor said, where two or three are gathered together, Christ is in the midst of us. Well, I thought that was the best scripture I've ever heard in my life. So we all got together, held hands. We prayed in our heavenly language. And we just believed like you've never seen four or five people believe. And we tossed and throwed, trying to stand up and hang on to each other. Well, it was frightening. And do you know, the moment we started to pray, we hooked up. The very moment the storm finished, it let go. 
Well, I said, boy, that's God. That's God, isn't it? But there was a bit more. I know you want more. <clears throat> the other two pastors were worrying. Well, we've come out here every time, hour and a half out, this degrees. We landed, we hooked up, fished. What went wrong? Nothing was said till we're trying to work out next day. <clears throat> what had happened? Still God, so don't get rid of that. What had happened, the one guy said, did you do anything different before we went out? He's not really, the same old thing. Oh, I did buy a new compass. Oh. And you got the new compass calibrated? Um, no. What it was, because he didn't get a calibrator, we're at 10 degrees. And out at sea, 10 degrees could be 10 kilometres. So here we are, nowhere near where this rock was, or this reef, and we hooked up. And we all just said, isn't God good? But I tell you what, at that time, I, I didn't know what to believe. You know, the days are in now to believe, and you see the things on the news. I have a little saying to myself and turn the news on and oh, doom and gloom, get out of the room. So I leave. Because I'd be doomy and gloomy when I'd be watching that, what's on the TV. That's my new little prayer. It's not in the word, but it's in my word. But it does, it makes you depressed. There's enough things going on to pull you down. <coughs> Our faith is being tested. I don't know if you know it. In more ways than one. Your family, especially your families and different things that are going on. At this time, these crises, you seem to lack faith, uh, lack strength to fight the fight. But really, I didn't have the faith to fight the fight. My faith was dwindling. We're putting our trust in God. And, and, and I'm going through this shortly, and you see some of us that put their trust in God completely. God gave us a remedy to fulfill faith. It says, get up, shake off the dust and get back to the word. I like how God's so clear and precise and no arguments there. He's in the restoration business. He wants to restore our faith to believe. He's given us a measure of faith, the size of a mustard seed. And he knows very well we didn't need one, four kilos, five kilos, big the faith, but he just a mustard seed just to believe that he can do it. It's not up to us. God wants to restore our faith. Faith doesn't come falling out of the heavens or by wash, wishing or hoping. Faith comes by hearing. And you're hearing the word of God now. And the idea of me preaching this word is to lift your faith, to make you believe in what you have and to use it to God's glory and to get us out of situations. There's Martha in the Bible, Martha and Mary. Remember, Martha was busy, 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 busy. She decided to bring Jesus, invite them home all the time, and then she complained, it's too much work. But by, at Mary, she sat at Jesus' feet to listen to the word. <coughs> it's like Martha, we can get involved with doing the work of God in the community, the ministry in our church, at home, such commitment, 
and dedication is needed. But in doing so, we lose the eagerness for his word. Satan's strategy is to make you so busy, you haven't got time to listen to what God's telling you. I don't know if it's ever happened to you and you go to your, something's happened in, in your situation and you go to, to go to pray and you're praying like a s- s- trooper and there's a distraction, phone or something else. Someone yells out for you and you don't always go back to that prayer. Satan wants to keep you out of contact with God. He wants to make your faith level just keep dropping. If you don't sit under the word and grow in faith, you'll find it difficult to produce faith results. Do you know that's you up there, that top one? We never test the resources of God until we attempt the impossible. Jesus said, if you believe. How are we going to know the resources of God to test our faith unless we believe? Faith is like a muscle, our muscles. It must be exercised to make it grow. Our faith grows. We don't need more faith. We've got enough. Our faith grows. I remember one of my mates who used to watch these fitness shows and all these big muscle blokes and going around, he said, said to me, he said, hey, you too can have a body like mine through sheer neglect. In other words, he didn't believe in any of that stuff or the health foods. He said, I'm all right. I always remember him saying that. Through sheer neglect, giving up. (coughs) Jesus is the same today, yesterday and tomorrow. Or yesterday, today and tomorrow. And Martha had all his faith believe in Jesus and she said to Jesus in John eleven twenty one, Lord if you'd only been here now the story was that Jesus was notified that Lazarus was, had died or, or he died and Jesus waited two more days before he came to see it and she said Lord if you if you just if you had been here and Jesus said your brother's going to live he's going to rise again Yeah, I know, she said. He's going to rise when the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. Now we see here that Martha could believe for the past that if Jesus was there, then he'd he'd be alive. She couldn't believe for the presence. Jesus said, I'm here. I am the resurrection and the life. But she could believe for the future where the resurrection came was going to come. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. Martha had the head knowledge and believed that the written word was what the written word said about Jesus. But she could believe the past and the future. She couldn't believe the word of God for the present now. Spoken word of God. Your brother is going to rise again. She was an unbelieving believer. And sometimes... Situations come up in your life today, today, and we can't believe. We can believe the Bible, what it says, what happened, what Jesus did, or what all the miracles. We read Hebrews 11, all the, the saints there. But <clears throat> she just couldn't believe that 
her brother could be raised up today. I'd just like to tell her another story, but it's in the Bible, this one. It's Matthew fourteen twenty four. Jesus walked on the water. Well, those are right, the print's too small. Oh, this is bad. So this is just after feeding the 5,000. Jesus rose up and told the disciples to get into a boat. And then he went up, or they went up to the other side, and then he sent them away, and Jesus went up to pray. When evening had come, he was there alone, but the boat was now in the middle, <clears throat> the middle of the, uh, of the sea, being tossed to and fro. The wind had come up, just like my situation. Now at the fourth hour of the night, Jesus came walking on the water. Well, there was no ferries, no jet skis. He'd just come because he was Jesus. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled and said, it's a ghost. You've got to remember in these days when uh, fishermen saw an apparition, they thought it was a ghost and that meant there was going to be, uh, the boat's going to sink. So they were fearful of this apparition that was coming. And then immediately he realised their fear and he does that with us too. Immediately he knows their fear. And he comes to our aid. Be of good cheer. Well, I like how these sayings. <laughs> he is scared stiff and says, you okay? That's what he didn't say, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Peter answered, good old Pete. Boots and all, I used to call him. Oh, boots and all. He'd come in with, at the... I'll do this, Lord. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Here he is. Look what he says. He said, Lord, if it is you, a dollar each way, if it is you, bid me come. And then Jesus said, come. You know, you've got to be careful what you ask for. Send me, Lord, send me. Yeah. But he always prepares you anyhow. But Peter says, bid me come. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started to walk on the water. But the moment... I'll read it. Sorry. He took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. We ask God to help us and quite often we take it back and let it, we try to do it ourselves because Jesus is probably too busy. You've got enough things. But when we take our eyes off Jesus, who has the greatness and the power, and we start to focus on the greatness and power of the wind and the storm in our lives, we begin to sink in doubt and worry and be filled with fear. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on Jesus, whatever we're going through. Quite often we situations arise and you just say to yourself, God's still on the throne. 
he's still on the throne. And then remember when we were out in the boat there, the pastor said, you know, he's always here. Just trying to convince me that, you know, he's there all the time. He doesn't just sort of, he's there all the time. It's so encouraging at the time because I was, I was scared. But when, um, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sing. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said, Oh, ye a little faith, why did you doubt? Then they got into the boat and the wind ceased. This, um, Psalm 50, 15, on the end of this scripture, says, Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. I know it's a, just a thought, but how many times have God done something for you and we forgot to glorify him and give him glory? The ten lepers were healed. One came back. When you read that, you think, wow. You know, they were so excited in getting healed, but only one came back to say, I'm sorry, and thanks for the healing. When I was in a situation... Asking God, this passage been with me for a fair while. And I, I was so full of faith at the time. And God said to me, get out of the boat. If your faith is so strong and, and you want me to do what you want to do, want me to do for you, get out of the boat. I got all excited and I got out of the boat. This is in spiritual sense. I got out of the boat. And I was feeling really good, really brave. And then God said to me, let go of the rope. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Here I'm out of the boat, like you said, Lord. But he said, let go of the rope. I wrote down at the time, the rope was my security. It's what I always held on to. It was an anchor in my life. Things of the past that I didn't want to let go. The rope was I can get bound up with. There was no freedom being tied up. I needed to be cut loose, released and set free. In other words, God saw more potential in me than I did and he said, for me to carry, to take you further, you need to get rid of your rubbish. The stuff, I was hanging onto the rope, which represents what I didn't want to get rid of. But he was saying, step out in faith. Come to me, he said, come to me. And that took a long time. I jettisoned little bits of the rope on the way. And the situation comes up again. God said, a little bit more? Oh. But, you know, he, he doesn't push you, but he, he just encourages you to, to move forward. You need to get rid of some of the stuff you've been carrying all the time. It's like I was saying this morning, to be set free. To be set free of your stuff that's been holding for years that you got so used to, it must be such a burden to get rid of that. 
Peter activated faith and doubt by calling out, if that's you, Lord, believe me. Uh, if that's you, Lord, that's, if that is you, Lord, in other words, that's believing without seeing, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. Faith is having confidence in God. So Peter activated his faith. He was walking by faith and not by sight. It's not good enough to believe in your heart. We need to believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, then physically put your confession into action. It's something we've got to do too. Walking by faith is walking in the impossibilities of man and the possibilities of God. We, we just got no idea what God can do. We put him in a box. We, see, we limit our own mind to what he could do. And you know, when we come to a big situation, we've got a big God. When we come to a little situation, we've got a big God. He never leaves us. He's always there to guide us and help us. Peter physically walked on the water. But I want to point out to show you that Peter walked on the word of God. And that was come. Simple word, come. Mark 9.23, Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Faith takes the pressure of us trying to perform. And initiate his works and place the emphasis on God the creator. It's not, a, it's not me. It's not about me. It's not all about you. Put your faith in what God can do. Remember Abraham was visited by God? Abraham was just hitting on 100. And his wife Sarah was just hitting on 99. Little teenagers in those days. <laughs> and then God told Abraham that his wife was going to have a baby. Yeah, you can imagine what Abraham was thinking. And Abraham looked at himself and said, I don't think I could father a child at this time in my life. He looked at Sarah. I said, no, don't think so. And then Abraham looked back at God and he said, when's the baby due? Ah. See, he believed and trusted in God. When God had it all planned, he knew. And Jesus said to him, it's a set time next year. We need to have our faith topped up by the word of God. Our reservoirs need to be topped up every day. Jesus had his faith. Jesus, oh sorry, says Jesus had faith without measure. He always had enough. Hebrews 11.6 said, without faith it's impossible to please God. God told the children of Israel in the wilderness, collecting, collect new manna each day. Don't eat yesterday's leftovers. You know, his mercies are new every morning. His grace and mercy are new every morning. Faith doesn't come by praying. You don't stretch your faith, it grows. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When we neglect the reading and the hearing and the speaking and fellowshipping together, the Word of God, we can become like some Christians who follow signs and wonders instead of signs and wonders following them. You ever had someone just come up to you and say, the Spirit moving in your church? 
all these Christianese stuff that comes up. One pastor was uh, preaching at a service one day and doing what he does, an altar call. <clears throat> and he said, I, he said to the pastor of the church, he said, I can't believe that there are people here, they, they can't believe for the healing now, but are prepared to wait in discomfort until a certain ministry, but more so a person to come back through their town and heal them. He said, anything in life that we need to depend on in the natural, other than what is provided and blessed by God, is a crutch. John eleven forty five forty six 46 says, Many came to see what Jesus did by bringing Lazarus from the dead and believed on him. But some went their way and they didn't believe. We say seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. Despite what some had witnessed, they determined to remain in their unbelief. I used to think, remember a young Christian with talking to your mates, wouldn't it be good if Jesus was here? He could belt them blokes up. You know, little silly things we used to say. And we're, <coughs> we're a fortress, God's on our side. First sign of trouble, we're out of sight. But we can believe. Despite what some had witnessed, they determined to remain in their unbelief. I would have been curious, it would have been curious how they could explain Lazarus walking down the main street with his own death certificate under his arm. There's enough proof in any man's language to get the president of the Atheist Society well and truly born again. But not this day. It said many, but not all, accepted. One day a minister returned home from a service in a village and he's met by his anxious uh, assistant. How many decisions did you have today? Hey, was it a good day? He said, 180. Wow! He said, that's great. That's unreal. No, he said, no. I had 180 decisions at church this morning. Some decided to follow Jesus and some didn't. You know, in our walk, we need to be aware of not letting someone else's unbelief have an effect on your Christian walk. Some of the Jews preferred to be man-pleasers and not God-pleasers. Is your faith in a starvation diet? Are you having reduced quantities of the word, reduced amounts of fellowship, reduced amounts of church attendance? Look what can happen, as reported in pastor's notes as well. Someone came up to a pastor and said, oh, you were talking about faith. He said, she said, I find faith never works for me anymore. It did once a little. I don't get any answers to prayers anymore. The alarm bells started to ring. The pastor said, oh, what church do you go to? Oh, well, right now I'm between churches. Okay, how long since you've uh, been in regular fellowship? Well, we used to go to such and such church, but 18, mo 18 months ago I left. But the Lord led me out. Don't you love that? The Lord led me out. And we're still looking for the perfect church. There's a punchline for pastor. 
My personal opinion is to give up the search because when you get there, it won't be perfect anymore. Some people are looking for where the spirit is moving and they're doing all the moving. Say it again. Some people are looking for where the spirit is moving and they're doing all the moving. If your natural man is hungry, I guarantee you won't go without food for 18 months. Not me. So why starve the spiritual man? It's time to take God at his word despite what's happening. He is our provider and we need to build that trust and have a confidence in his leading. He is the great I am, the God of the now, the faithful God. Just want to wind down and just... Just as I close, but um, to remember when the woman with the issue of blood to be in that situation, she had to uh, keep out of sight, not mingle with the crowd. But she came up from behind when she heard Jesus coming their way. And this is the sort of faith that we, I'm saying that we need to grab hold of, that she said, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. If only. She didn't know for sure what had happened, but she said, if only. And she said, I will be made well. But when she saw Jesus and his grace, he turned his head and saw her faith. What about the four men carrying the paralyzed man to see Jesus? They came to the place where Jesus was and it was chock-a-block. They couldn't get in. And I was looking at their faith. We are looking at faith. Their faith, they could have gone home. Oh, it's too busy. No parking. But they had a determination in their heart, the faith to believe that their mate could get healed. So in those days, they went to the roof. In those days, the roof was made of dirt. And normally, you don't just dig up your... your your neighbour's roof. But they were so determined, they dug a hole in the roof and lowered him down. And Jesus just looked. When he looked at them, <laughs> they saw Jesus' grace and mighty and healing powers. And Jesus turned his head and saw their faith. And he said to the man, Be healed, your sins are forgiven. He turned his head and saw their faith. He wasn't looking at the paralyzed man, but he had that under control in here. And the one I liked was old Bartimaeus too. Blind. They heard all about Jesus coming. And why would they be interested in me? He started putting himself down and they all told him to keep quiet. Jesus is coming. He's not interested in you. You're just a blind beggar. He was determined more than that. So he yelled out louder, Jesus, son of David, oi! He said, be quiet. Why don't they do that? Get out of the road. And they were all flying. But he yelled out more and more. 
Jesus stopped. Hey, Barabbas, oh, Barabbas, whoops, bad one, wrong B. Jesus is calling for you. Well, did they change their attitude then? And they started lifting him up and taking him towards the front. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew exactly what he had to do for him, and he wanted him to ask. That I may see. He said, your faith has made you whole. You see, faith is so important in our walk. To exercise it, to use it. And I thought about that. I'll never test the resource of God to attempt the impossible. That would have been an impossible task for Bartimaeus to do. Or for the lady with the issue of blood being pushed aside and held back and just to believe, just to believe. And when we're in a situation, when the storms are coming our way, God says, just believe, just believe. And take God out of that box and just put him, he so really just so wants to help us. And he was saying, be set free today. Just look at the faith of these ones that I've mentioned. And we've all been given the same measure of faith and what we do with it. To say we are where we are today because of the choices we made in our life. You're here today because of the choice you made. Hey. And God will go out of his way to save his kids. He'll go out of his way. He sees your need. But you know the best part about it? He wants us to ask. Just like he asked, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? And we can walk boldly into his throne room now as sons, God, kids. Just like a kid comes up and asks for a biscuit. That's how we can boldly walk into his room today. So I'm just hoping that that'll just touch your heart a little bit. That the faith we have is more than enough to touch God's heart, to reach out. If you can believe, he said. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that each person here, the Lord, you know where they are in their walk with you. Father, you know the situations in their life. You know the mountains, Lord, that are in their way. But Lord, they struggle. And I ask Holy Spirit to come and touch afresh that these that are struggling can get out of the boat, let go of the rope, and follow Jesus. When we keep our eyes on you, Lord, we know that you guide us and teach us and show us the way to go. Help us to tune in, Father, to what you want to do in our lives, in the lives of this church and everyone else around us. And Lord, we know we don't do these things in our own strength, but we're believing that, Lord, you're there with, for everything, everything we do, that you're part of today. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're part of this service today. You're part of our life every day, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We need to believe for things today. He's given us enough faith to believe today. It's new every day. We don't have to rely on yesterday's happenings, but we can come to the Lord, and we just thank him today. Thank you, Spirit of God, for the privilege, Lord, just to come and share these little Testimonies of faith, Father.
help me, Lord, to fulfill, fulfill what I've been preaching about myself. Uh, Lord, we can do nothing without you. I ask for every person here, young and old, Lord, these young people that are probably yet to come to these struggles, that even at an early age they will know that you are the answer. When he said to give us the Lord's Prayer, first thing he said, we say is, our Father, straight away we're going to the source. He's the source, he's the answer to your problem. As my wife said, don't struggle, snuggle. She's talking about the spiritual sense. But thank you, Father, for every opportunity we have to serve you. And we give you the glory now in Jesus' name. Amen.